0: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Industry Cloud Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's cloud strategy and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Welcome, 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 and welcome. And you know what it means when I say that four times, so welcome to the fourth power. If you want to run with the game changers, you are in the right place. What a show we have for you today. The Buzz 247365. What am I talking about? More importantly, whom am I talking about? More than 1.5 billion consumers worldwide, that includes you and me and just about everybody we know, we use a smartphone, you'll never guess how many times a day. Everybody, I don't have a place for you to tell me how many times, but I'm guessing you're writing it down. Write it down. If your answer is 150 times a day on average, you win a prize. Not sure what it is, but we'll figure it out. For most of us who are using our phone well over 100 times a day, it is our primary access to the Internet. What does this say about us as a culture, as a society, as a civilization? It says we've never been more present online. We've never been more mobile. We've never been more social, and we've never been more connected with the Internet and with each other than we are right this very minute. So what are the implications of what I call this nonstop trend for consumer products companies? They really have something at stake here. They need to reach, engage, and consistently serve these buyers. That's you and me. With what? They need simple, compelling experiences. They need to reach us across the physical channels, the virtual channels, and guess what? If they want to sell to us they have to be there in the right way in the right shape form time and path message and everything along the entire path from purchase to beyond but how? That's a tall order. So we've assembled a panel of four experts today and we're going to help all of you figure it out. Whether you're the consumer, whether you're the consumer products company, you want to listen to this because we're talking about all of you. First up on the panel, I'm delighted to welcome back a speaker who was on just a few weeks ago. He's so good we asked him to come back already. It's Dan Berthume. He is the Senior Technology Editor for Chain Store Age. And Dan has sent me a great quote from Jim Morrison. Oh, you know who Jim Morrison is. Here's the quote. We want the world and we want it now. That's definitive. Dan Berthume, how are you today?
2: Doing well, Bonnie. Thank you.
1: Thanks for joining me. Back so soon. Delighted to have you. You picked a Doors quote. Tell me what that has to do with consumer products companies. Did Jim Morrison even know what that was? He probably did. He sold a lot of records. Talk to me, Dan.
2: I think back then, Jim Morris was talking more about um, social upheaval and revolution. I think in this context, it's about consumer upheaval and revolution. As you mentioned in your intro, uh, people are constantly on their phones and constantly connected, and it has given them instant access to so much information and to communicating with each other. I think consumers have just been kind of trained to expect that same access to everything in their lives. so if a consumer uses their mobile phone to, you know, access the site of a consumer products company or to access the site of a consumer products retailer. They expect to be able to um, get any item they want pretty much right away, have it available and have it either delivered to them, you know, if not same day um, in, you know, in a very short period of time or be able to just go down to local store and pick it up. Um, They really are expecting everything to be handed to them um, by their, you know, by their smartphone, um, whether that's really easily practical, practically done or not. They don't really care about what's happening on the back end. All they know is they go on their phone, they click on something, and they get it. And that's, that's what they expect now about everything.
1: Thank you, Dan. Dan, just level set for me, please. How do we define consumer products, companies, in case anybody is wondering?
2: Um, I would define a consumer products company um, probably primarily with things like household goods, health and beauty, uh, packaged foods, uh snacks, be- you know, packaged beverages, uh things like that.
1: Okay, thank you very much. Just so people know and we've established our baseline here. Thank you, Dan. Delighted to have you back. Let's bring on a newcomer to our panel. He is Jerry Wolf. If you're looking for him online, it's Jerry with a J and Wolf with an E at the end. He's the CEO of Vivanda. It's a spinoff of McCormick's popular portable food personalization services platform. That's a mouthful and a tasty one, and it goes by the trademark of Flavor Print. And here's a quote from Albert Einstein via Jerry Wolf. Insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Jerry Wolf, that's an insane quote. How are you, Jerry? Hey, Bonnie, I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm awesome now, too. If you're awesome, I'm awesome. Tell me, how did Einstein get on the show about consumer products? Did he even know what those were? Einstein was
3: clearly talking about trade promotion. Trade promotion in CP (laughs) is massively important. It's like 15% of revenue. It's like the biggest discretionary line item to spend. And and, and, uh, CP companies are spending that money to get us to buy things, get us as consumers to buy things the way they always have. The challenge is, is that they're losing 30 cents in the dollar on average and it's not working very well and it's, and it's getting worse. It's, the whole idea is predicated upon consumers walking up and down every aisle in the grocery store and using that trade promotion money with retail partners to, to interrupt us with a hot price at shelf and to get us to make a choice, uh, and, and to buy. There's two changes that have taken place that come together to really make us think differently and, and that connect to the topic of today's show the first change is that most of the shopping trips and there's over fourteen billion of them a year in the u.s. over eighty percent of them have a level of pre-planning and otherwise we as consumers are making lists the second piece that's that's changed fundamentally is is that not only do we pre-plan but there's a digital a digital influence connecting back to all those times we use those smartphones every day to over all, over fifty percent the consumer uh, packaged goods that are purchased. With those two big changes, doing things the way we always have with temporary price reduction at the shelf makes no sense. That's the, that's the insanity of it. There's lots of efficient ways to, to think about uh, engaging the connected consumer and being useful and driving choice, and there's all mm-hmm. kinds of new opportunities for trade promotion to be applied to do just that.
1: Thank you. Great introduction, Jerry. We'll be talking more about that insanity. I'm sure there are a lot more examples as we go during the show. Thank you very much for joining us. And let me bring on panelist number three. He's Pietro Pietro Piretti, P-I-E-R-E-T-T-I. He's a managing director at Accenture and the global technology lead for the consumer goods and services industry at Accenture. And here's a quote from Mario Andretti. I want to go vroom every time I hear that name. And here's the quote. If everything seems under control, you're just not going fast enough. Love the quote. Pietro, welcome. How are you today?
4: I'm great, Bonnie. What about you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. I, I know that we're going fast enough here. I just love the Andretti quote. It reminds me of, of what everything he stands for, speed and efficiency, and and uh, it looks like he's under control, but boy, he's going faster than any of us ever dreamed of. Tell me, how does this Andretti quote relate to our topic today? Pietro?
4: Yeah, it relates, in fact, everything about speed today uh, with the new connected consumer in the new digital world, and not just. I would say the speed of execution, but also the speed of change so that considering the company, we'll have to start thinking that uh, the old way of doing things with everything was ruled by processing, procedure, and repeating up to gain more and more efficiency. It's still there today, but it's now stable state. And uh, what is new is uh, the fact that the world is continuously evolving and what is good today may not be good tomorrow or in one week or in one month. So the ability to adapt and change continually is the new norm. So in this new environment, thinking that everything is under control and you can have uh, your hand around everything is probably not right. So if you're feeling that you're controlling everything, probably you're not just going fast enough following where the world is going in these uh, time times, these exciting times. So that's why I, I use Mario. And Mario is also from Brazil, so it's an emerging market guy, I would say. And that's also one of the places where we think that we will have to find the new book. So two reasons why I selected that.
1: Thank you very much, Pietro. Very interesting. I'm I'm looking back at Jerry Wolf's quote from Einstein, worlds apart from Mario Andretti, obviously, uh, the idea of insanity and speed. Do you think there's a relationship there of doing the same thing over and doing it faster and faster, perhaps? Any thoughts on that, Pietro?
4: Yeah, I think I think there is there is a, there is a lot of uh, of relationship with what Jack Jerry said about the example of T P M. It's actually the ability to change and adapt to the new world at speed and not repeating constantly what has been done in the past. Is that the recipe for success in uh, in this industry? And the big players, uh, CP company and retailer together, they will have to find the right way to to connect with the consumer.
1: Thank you very much. And let's bring on our fourth panelist, EJ Kenny. He leads the consumer products industry and agribusiness sector for SAP. And EJ has paraphrased the famous psychologist who talked about needs, Abraham Maslow. Many of you may know him as A.H. Maslow. Here's the quote in EJ Kenny's words What motivates us to act is our unmet needs. EJ Kenny, welcome. How are you today?
5: I'm doing great, Bonnie. How are you?
1: I'm fine. Delighted to have you on the show. Talk to me about this quote. You and I went back and forth on this a little bit because I couldn't find these exact words, but they certainly match what Maslow was trying to say. So how does that relate to our topic, E.J.?
5: Yeah, it, it, it's uh, one of my favorite quotes because uh, when I first heard it, frankly, I didn't fully appreciate its significance. Um, I, I think most of us had it in introductory psychology uh, class. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, it, I think our common experience shows that, that Maslow was onto something that uh, understanding our individual needs and and understanding specifically unmet needs is critical to understanding what uh, consumers, how consumers think, how they act, and how they behave. And it's really been the cornerstone of brand-building strategies uh, in consumer products for years. But how quickly, especially when we think about uh, those of us who are parents, uh, we've all had that discussion with our children about the difference between needs and wants, but how quickly in our society today that wants have turned into needs? Is an iPhone is or a Android device, is that a need or is it a want? And, and for so many of uh, the influential shoppers these days, that is clearly a need. So this line is blurring between needs and wants, and choices and, and actions are happening so much faster, similar to the Mario Andretti quote, that they're being uh, presented and offered and uh, acted in the moment so this is result the the end result of this is uh... dramatic and rapid shifts in consumer behaviors and these rapid shifts in consumer behaviors have uh... absolutely substantial and profound impacts on the business processes in consumer products and and frankly across the entire consumer products enterprise it changes how we attract how we engage consumers it also uh, it can impact what markets we enter, how we collaborate with our uh, suppliers, and also how we collaborate with our retail partners, where and how we 're going to manufacture, especially if consumer behaviors and trends are changing rapidly, and we want to be close to the markets. This has substantial changes and uh, the other thing Bonnie is really this this is a, this is an ever changing and, and rapidly accelerating chase to understanding. Predicting and influencing consumers' unmet needs, so I don't see this slowing down anytime soon. And it, it uh, frankly, is a is a core issue of the industry that uh, technology can help address.
1: Thank you, EJ. Very interesting. While you were speaking, I'm thinking that, from my perspective as a consumer, very often I don't know I have a want or need until somebody in retail convinces me. That I should want something and then they escalate that to not only should I want it, but damn it. I need it. I have to have it. I will go to any lengths to buy it one way or another. Do you observe this? That it's almost the job of the consumer products industry marketers to create the perception of want and then turn it into the urgency of a need, EJ, where we, we, we perhaps didn't even know that something was important to us. And in fact, it really isn't. It's just this, this hypothetical. Yes, Bonnie, you have to have that. You can't live without it. Why don't you own it yet? You, you, any thoughts on that?
5: Yeah, that that is absolutely at, at the crux of what marketers are trying to do every day. Mm-hmm. But um, in the past, when we looked at uh, some of the global big brands, it was a programmatic approach, and uh, these days it's, it's becoming local and personal. So um, the more a consumer products company can understand Bonnie's needs, and specifically create that need uh, or that desire that moves from a want to a need, then then they really have something. But uh, mm-hmm. the game is ra- rapidly changing. So um, this is something that every consumer products company really needs to be thinking about how they engage, attract, and uh, help influence you to create this, this need that is going to impact your purchase.
1: Thank you. And you know what I think they should do, EJ and panel? I think the consumer products company should send spies out to communities that have garage sales in the summer and see uh-huh. what people are getting rid of. What is no longer relevant? What are we willing to take that we spent between 25 and 154 and sell it for 10 cents or a dollar 50 just to get it out of our view, out of our garage, out of our basement. But I digress. Just a thought. It's garage sale season here on Long Island. I can't wait to see what people are getting rid of that they E.J., that they had to have. I think we've all been there and done that. Let's circle back to Dan Berthium. Dan, you know what's coming next. I want to know what's in your cup right now. What are you drinking or what are you thinking about drinking after we're off the air? Dan, tell us your little beverage story, please, so we get to know you a little better.
2: Well, after we get off the air, uh, Winlander is notorious for our love of ice cream, despite how cold it is here most of the year. And I think I'm going to enjoy... Uh, what we call an ice cream frap, I think everybody else in the country knows, is an ice cream milkshake. Um, it's you know very refreshing for a hot, humid day like we have at least up here right now. And um, I like to get a black and white frappe, which is vanilla ice cream milk and chocolate syrup um, because it gives you a little bit of um, everything that tastes good.
1: Mmm, I like that. Yes, we also call that, I think some people call them a frappé. I think it was originally a French drink, and what you described could be uh, just plain old ice cream soda. Sounds very, very good to me. I'll have one, too, and I love the idea of black and white. They serve them in the diners here on Long Island all the time. I want a black and white, anything. Yes, we know exactly what that is. And here we have something special called You Bet Syrup. Dan, if you're ever around here. I'll take you out and get you a glass of something with You Bet Syrup in it, unlike anything you've ever tasted. Jerry Wolf, I bet you know what You Bet Syrup tastes like. Jerry, what are you drinking or what are you thinking about drinking?
3: Yeah, I don't know about that, Bonnie, but I can tell you that uh, what I'm enjoying this morning is what I enjoy nearly every morning, which is uh, a, 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 a latte made with uh, a beautiful uh, Italian roast uh, espresso grind. And it comes from uh, St. Eustachio's uh, Coffee Shop, which is a single coffee shop that's in the center of Rome. And I discovered this place uh, a few years ago on a trip there with my family. It's the best coffee I have ever had in my entire life, and I've had uh, quite a bit of it to know. And um, and uh, uh, what I found that I was able to do is order uh, St. Eustachio's uh, beans, roasted beans, uh, over the internet. They are yeah. available and I have that, uh, it's my, my uh, guilty pleasure that I have uh, sent to my house about once every, uh, every six weeks. And it shows I think some of the 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 what's going on in the industry quite quite frankly as well which is which is that you can get what you want when you want it from nearly anywhere in the world and that's one of the challenges that these large cp companies are having to face very differently than they did in the past
1: i think you're right and i have to know do you spell santa s-a-n-t apostrophe e-u-s-t-a-c-h-i-o perchance?
3: right you you do All
1: right, I did my little lookup, which I love to do, and it's Sant'Eustachio, and you can find them at Il Cafe Whole Bean Coffee in Rome on Amazon.com, and you can find them at, they have their own website as well, (laughs) Sant'Eustachio, Il Cafe, C-A-F-F-E dot E-T slash E-N on and on and on, and Formaggio Kitchen carries their beans as well. Very interesting. Thanks for that information, Jerry. Pietro Peretti, where are you calling from, and what are you drinking today?
4: Well, here in Italy, it's already noon, and after this uh, this chat, it's, uh, the day is over. So I'm done with espresso and with the coffee, I had enough. I think my next drinking is going to be a glass of Italian red wine. That's what I deserve after the long day. So that's what I'm looking for. Um, I know, guys, for you, it's not correct and politically correct to think about having a drink wine drinking and wine now but for me it's now almost time for that so that's what i'm going to do
1: pietro we have guests from all over the world drinking all kinds of beverages and spirits at any time of the day or night so it's never a wrong time to talk about wine on our game changer show so i'm delighted is there a special label you want to share with us
4: Well, you know, I mean, in Italy we have many labels and uh, much more than the one that you can find all over the world because uh, we we have a lot of small ones. So my preferred one from Piedmont are uh, some small, uh, from Barbaresco, from from some small uh, labels and small canteen that you can buy just as you go on the weekend and you can put them in your car and go go back home. So not very, very well known around the, the world. So if you like something that still stays in the analog world and not in the digital world. A little ah, bit of
1: that. like that. That's the best way to drink your wine, not digital wine. Haven't tried that yet. E.J., Kenny, what are you drinking or what are you thinking about today?
5: Hey, Bonnie. Well, people who know me know that I'm almost never without coffee, but uh, I, probably, I couldn't be as uh, far more opposite than my good friend uh, Jerry uh, uh, in that I just drink it twenty four ounces straight up black. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts is still my favorite, and um, and although the intake of caffeine is high, I really don't get rattled or shaky from caffeine at all. Uh, but uh, still can and able to uh, remain very steady. I think that's uh, kind of a metaphor of uh, of my style. <laughs> and um it's something I started at a very very early age a little butcher shop in Delhi used to work at that we sold coffee and uh just loved the taste uh the comfort and um and enjoy drinking it all around the world.
1: Interesting, interesting. Do you, are you able to find Dunkin Donuts coffee straight up black all over the world today EJ?
5: Well unfortunately, Duncan uh, hasn't expanded the world as much as I would like them to. Perhaps I could help him with that, but'm i uh, anywhere that they're available, and uh, I'll tell you what though, the coffee in Italy is, is hard to beat. So um, I, I always taste the local coffee as well.
1: I think so my daughter and her husband recently visited Italy on business and uh, they said they just found a favorite coffee shop the first day and they couldn't stay away and they own a, a double double header uh, Breville or Breville machine at home and they make the most amazing coffee I'm going to see them soon and can't wait but they said even that was beat by a mile by whatever they had in Italy so we'll try and get a recommendation from them thank you EJ thank you Dan thank you Jerry thank you Pietro I'm going to give our guests a break for about 90 seconds so they can go have a sip of something delicious. Our topic today, in case you haven't guessed, is consumer (laughs) industries, how to use real-time consumer insights. There are so many challenges for CP consumer products companies today. Their customers are you and me. We're online. We're social, mobile. We're connected. We're talking. We're chatting. We're saying things about each other and to each other about these products. How can they find us anywhere on the virtual and the the physical channels we're on. How can they make us happy? How can they reach us? How can they turn unknown wants into required needs? It's a lot of challenges for CP companies. Dan, Jerry, Pietro, and EJ are going to help us explore this and help those of you in the CP industry come up with some good solutions today. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You're listening to Industry Cloud Trends with Game Changers Radio presented by SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I plan to be after the break. We'll be right back. Bread out.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. SAP, co innovating alongside customers, is taking its industry specific solutions into the cloud. Join us to learn how to make the world run simpler in the cloud without missing a beat. It's a tall order. Industry Cloud Trends with Game Changers brings together the people who are making it happen. We'll delve into very specific industry challenges and also solutions that run across disparate industries, all to help you succeed in your mission. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of change. Industry Cloud Trends with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Industry Cloud Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show using Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Industry Cloud Trends with Game Changers.
1: Here we are. Welcome back. I'm speaking today with Dan Berthume, Jerry Wolf, Pietro Puretti, and E.J. Kenny. We're ready for our roundtable. Dan Berthum and I are going to kick this off. And, Dan, I'm looking at your notes, and you say consumer products brands are increasingly directly reaching out to consumers via social media channels. So let's kick it off there. Go ahead, Dan. Start the roundtable, please.
2: Okay. Well, I think a lot of um, CP brands are taking advantage of the direct connection they can make to a consumer through social media platforms where they really don't even need the retailer anymore <clears throat> uh, to send their message or directly engage. Um, this can include promotions in contests um, that a CP brand can now conduct without having to partner with a retailer. Um, one example is I recently went to the Lowell Folk Fest in um, Lowell, Massachusetts, um, really great event. They pretty much shut the city down for a couple of days. But Hood Ice Cream, I'm going back to ice cream for a moment, had a truck giving out free samples, and um, on the official Hood Twitter account, they had updates of where you could find the truck. Um, and I know that, for example, uh, other brands have also run similar types of promotions. You can also do a contest where, you know, if you post a photo of yourself enjoying a particular company's product on Instagram, Maybe, you know, Instagram followers can vote, and whoever's photo gets get the most votes, wins some sort of prize. Um, but I think we're really looking at social media, not just a way for consumers to directly engage one another, but brands can really directly engage with consumers, and um, the retail middleman is not quite as important in that relationship anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. The urgency of social. My truck is here. We're giving out free samples, especially at a folk festival if the weather was warm. Does it get any more perfect than that, Dan? The, the the perfect storm of the right product at the right place with the right delivery to the right people, and it just came together. Do you think that was a stroke of brilliance on the part of Hood Ice Cream?
2: If you ask my kids, they would say absolutely.
1: So I would say in
2: terms of their key... Um, Customers, you know, probably a 10 and under set, I'd say yes, no, the stroke of brilliance.
1: Okay. Jerry Wolf, love to have you talk about this. CP customers being reached to directly via social media by the companies that have something to sell. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I think it's really important and, and just a great example of, of uh, building awareness and and maintaining engagement. And that's what CP companies, uh, a big part of what their, their marketing uh, is all about. And social media is... Uh, a, a big platform that's very effective at at doing that. I, I, I think that, that CP companies have to go beyond that. And I think that many of the ideas that they generate for their for their own purpose on social media can be repackaged into a service that they can expose through to their channel partners, like the retailers, so that they can connect the dots. It's one thing to make consumers aware. It's another thing to activate and convert them. And if they're going to do that at scale, they're going to have to make those those programs those social programs work across not only for this not only for themselves but also with their their channel partners so I think in terms of the design of those programs there's opportunities today with the connected consumer to make things like contests work not only for awareness but also work uh, in terms of really driving activation and, and, and conversion and again for that to happen that those programs have to be ubiquitous and extensible they have to be able to connect uh, everywhere. And the more I think that the CP companies are thinking entire path to purchase, inspiration to action, um, then, then that's how they maximize the utility out of these phenomenal options that are available today, like social media.
1: Thank you. Pietro Piretti at Accenture. What are your thoughts?
4: Well, I think that uh, what we're just discussing is it. very, very true. In the end, uh, for a, for a CP company, the traditional approach of uh, touch points with the consumer through that key big moment of truth when they were advertising on TV or newspaper and then the household was uh, going and shopping in the store and then, then consuming the product. This is really changing because the uh, number of touch points with the end consumer are uh, increasingly uh, growing. I mean, you may get something, uh, still some ads on TV, but you may um, be able to interact through TV, and then you may pass through your mobile phone, and then when you go in the office, you may have a vending machine that is able to interact with you on a one-to-one basis, and then you go to social media, and you may talk about the product, and then you may have a, uh, a community with other consumers, you may do many, many things, and it's becoming more bi-directional. It's not just uh, monodirectional from the CP company to the consumer. So multiple touch points, multiple uh, uh, messages that goes back and forth, a lot of data and information. And what is important is that this experience for the consumer needs to be seamless. So the consumer needs to be able to move from one channel of interaction to the other and just a, having a seamless and uh, if you like, consistent experience, going to a store, buying online, going to the social media, interacting with a CP company through mobile or uh, through a laptop, that should be all very, very consistent and seamless. So this concept of uh, omnichannel The fact that the CP company is becoming a retailer and is becoming a one-to-one marketing company, it's very, very true. So if you take the example of Nespresso, just to stay close to the coffee as everyone was talking about, that, it's an example of how a company like Nestle has been able to launch a new concept around a very traditional product, which is the coffee, and transform this in a new business, which is all based on the ability to interact through multiple touch points with the consumer, so you are part of a club, you go in the store, and then you buy online, everything is seamless, everything is multi-touch point, everything goes from one place to the other, and you're always on, always connected. And the ability to collect all this data and uh, actually uh, reconfigure yourself and your message and the experience you give to a consumer in a one-to-one basis, this is the recipe uh, for the CP companies to succeed. So laser focus on consumer use technology, to make the experience seamless, real time, and bidirectional is is the new new frontier.
1: Thank you, Pietro. EJ Kenny, I want to make sure we continue to address the social outreach by CP companies that we started with Dan Berthium. Thoughts on that?
5: Yeah, the um, and I'd like to build upon because um, some things that uh, that each of the panelists have said have been really critical. Please. Um, yes, absolutely. Social—it's it, more than just raising awareness. It's—it's really about engagement. It's about personalization. It's about truly understanding those unmet needs. And um, and we've seen some very creative approaches. Uh, whether it's uh, uh, PepsiCo uh, a couple years ago launched a Facebook campaign that gave power to the consumers through a contest to come up with their own type of uh, chip flavor, and some very unusual uh, taste and flavors. Uh, uh, ended up winning that uh, that uh, there's no way that uh, Frito would have in, been able to anticipate that. But through that whole process, they were able to really engage the consumer and engage them in the process, so that their fingerprints are all over that uh, innovation and innovation story. So we're seeing social media being used in in ways that um, that previously was uh, was not conceived. But the if if companies go at this in in a way that um, uh, that isn't consistent, as, um, uh, as both Jerry and uh, uh, Pietro pointed out. All you're going to end up doing is exposing your inconsistencies uh, to your customers. And a um, uh, matter of fact, my wife just relayed uh, you know, a, a concern with a, a beauty product manufacturer that uh, happens to be someone I know very well. And her, her uh, comment was, they, they approach me through three different uh, ways, and they don't know me. Um, so there's going to be a greater emphasis on companies to have a platform that can uh, take different interactions, whether it's social media, uh, whether they're buying products at retail, or they're buying it at a beauty uh, uh, counter in a retail uh, outlet that they own, and be able to piece this together and in to get one common view of what individual consumers or micro segments of consumers think, feel, and, uh, and what their needs are. And um, so that it's going to really put a premium on platforms and on being able to exchange data uh, to provide this consistent uh, experience that consumers are really desiring today.
1: Interesting, E.J. Jerry, uh, not Jerry. I'm going to go back to Dan Berthune before I move to Jerry's talking points. Uh, Dan, any thoughts on this before I wrap this thread up and go to something from Jerry's notes?
2: Um, no, I would just definitely agree that um, – Knowing the consumer is is critical. Um, if you reach out on social media in the wrong way, um, in a way that they find annoying or insulting, it's really more harmful than not reaching out at all.
1: Okay, thank you. Jerry Wolf, I'm looking at your notes. A couple things I want to bring up here. I know you already talked in the intro, I believe, about pre-planning of shopping trips, but I want to bring in the idea that food choice drives most of these trips. You say there are over 14 billion shopping trips a year in the U.S. That's a lot, where that 80% are pre-planned, making use of a list. I'll tell you what kind of list I make. You say food choice drives the trip, and here's the, the kicker I want you to talk about, Jerry. Food is especially challenging to influence through the digital path to purchase. Jerry, side note, you know what I do for a shopping list? Before I leave the house, I take my iPhone, I take a picture of anything that's about to be empty, a can, a box, something in the house that I need, a cleaning product, a food. I put yeah. a picture of it on my iPhone. I go to the supermarket. I open my iPhone. and look at the pictures, and I know exactly what I need to buy to replace whatever is done or almost done. But, Jerry, talk to me. Why is food especially challenging to influence throughout the digital path? I think this is very key to our conversation.
3: Yeah, you know, food food is really is, is challenging because because choice is very sensory driven, right? It's driven by what it mm-hmm. looks like. And it's driven by what it tastes like, and when you're, you know, when you're historically, when you're walking up and down the aisles of the store, both of those senses come into play um, in space, right? You get, they, you know, big packaging; it it, call, it catches your attention um, from a uh, from a a, a a case standpoint. You tend to know, you tend to know, you know, you buy a lot of the same things, if you will, um, and 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 when you when you and but when in doing that. It's hard to then influence consumers to try new things. Right? And so, you know, you know, most people are bored with what they eat. You know, like three quarters of folks are bored with what they eat. The, 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 the survey will tell you that. It's pretty much an ongoing trend. They, you know, on average, a household has nine meals in their repertoire. They want to try new things. Taste is the, is the, 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 big, the biggest sing, singular influencer of that. It's a huge opportunity. It's a huge opportunity for the industry. Right, but if, but if you think about it, it's very it's very difficult in store to to leverage taste. Then so when you go online, it historically has been impossible. And the impact is is that is that you keep doing the the same thing. So I think the the, the challenge for CPs is that as you go from from even what's possible in the in store experience, and now you take it online, your task just got harder because the imagery is much smaller. Mm-hmm. Right, and then and now you have this 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 challenge with taste. So so we're, we're left with with looking for solutions. That was one of the things, is an example, that we we worked on when, as I used to work for McCormick, the the the, the, the herb and spice and seasoning and, mm-hmm. and flavor company, was how to how to help consumers uh, address that that challenge. And, and we we took on the task of of finding ways to help to digitize the the whole the whole. Taste experience because that, that was really key to being able to get that point of influence for helping consumers to solve that, that need of, or answer that basic question of, what should I have to eat? Because that's in effect what standing in front of your shopping list, Bonnie, is, is, is that question. What am I going to eat this week? It's not only what do I run out of, but what am I going to do with what I have? What am I hungry for? And you gotta, yeah. and it's, but it's all about connecting those dots.
1: Thank you, Pietro Peretti at Accenture. I'd love to have you comment on thoughts on selling food through the digital path. Anything you want to add to what Jerry shared? Yeah,
4: I think uh, I think if you look at if we look at selling goods through digital, and uh, we look at the challenge that the CP company is having today, which is basically being able to grow significantly. In the end. Lots of the attention will have to go to the emerging market. We have to go to the one billion of new consumer that today are not buying goods from CP companies, but that in the next three years are expected to. The likes of the India, China, and Indonesia, and Brazil, and Africa. And that, in itself can double the size of those companies. And, uh, in many of these markets, uh, the retail chain, the traditional brick and mortar retail chain, is not there at all. So uh, I think that in those markets there are no stores, but everyone more or less has a mobile phone already. So uh, I think that uh, the future of uh, being able to sell through the digital channel and sell through the digital channel uh, grocery and uh, other type of goods is definitely something that uh, we will see more and more in those kind of markets whether it is through some hybrid model where little stores still can play a role, where logistics will have probably to evolve uh, in, uh, in, in, in scenarios and I mean, in, in approaches that are different from the one that we know in the Western world. But I think that uh, definitely the, the, the ability to buy online uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's something that CP company will have to seriously consider in, in order to quickly grow in those, in those markets, which are the ones which are expected to drive uh, the multiplier in their, in their, uh, in their, uh, in their business.
1: Thank you. EJ, thoughts? Yeah, I, uh, this
5: digital uh, path to purchase is absolutely vital to understand. And, and, you know, when we step back and look at it, what's been shared already on this call, when you think about, um, the, um, what, what it takes for a food manufacturer to understand the personal taste of Bonnie, Bonnie's habits. How, how, what does she like to cook? What equipment does she have? What's her overall taste per, perspective? Um, that, that there's a lot of uh, information that's required in being able to connect the dots, as uh, Jerry pointed out. At the same time, uh, consumers are really striving for and um, and demanding new new levels of convenience and service. And we're seeing the rise of a lot of online um, uh, both uh, food uh, delivery services as well as meal delivery services. And as the world continues to increase in urbanization, we're going to see more and more food companies moving from providing only the products to uh providing products and services things like here's here's my products but also here's the recipes that it's in and here's here's a already a customized shopping list that you can already download on your iPhone that takes into account your taste and also what what's in your pantry and what your skill level is as well as food companies are really caring about context aware. Where are you today? Where are where are you? What have you purchased? What is what's been your journey? So that they can better influence you at the moment of decision, and and all of this really requires um, the this consistency of understanding of you, the consumer, and your needs and
2: wants.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I want to go back to Dan Berthium. Any thoughts on this before we move on to something else, Dan?
2: Um, yeah, in terms of digital path to purchase, I'll, I'll um, touch on social media again for a moment. Um, what a lot yes. of companies are doing is um, engaging in social listening, um, which is basically monitoring social chatter uh, to see what consumers are talking about. Um, that can give you a pretty good you know, real-time sense of maybe there's a new Food item or a new recipe or a new ethnic trend that's really hot you might want to respond to um, with your products and your marketing um, maybe consumers are complaining about a specific product and it gives you a chance to quickly address it or maybe you had a marketing campaign that some people found offensive you can quickly move to you know alter that campaign or remove it or issue an apology um, social media really gives a great chance to tap into what the consumers are thinking before they actually go to the store to buy your product or to consider buying your product. And there are a lot of different solutions, hosted services, uh, consulting agencies that offer um, social listening capabilities, since most companies probably don't really have it in-house. There's a lot of different ways with third-party assistance you can get that done.
1: Thank you. Jerry, you want to wrap up the food topic? I know we, we we dabbled in and out of it, but we covered a lot of territory with your co panelists. Thoughts before I move on to something yeah. from Pietro?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I think the, the the thread to weave through is this notion of personalization. Um uh and and the idea of segment of one. There is no better example than food and what's and how C P needs to be thinking about C B companies need to be thinking about Connecting with the individual consumer because everybody's tastes and preferences are different. And to do the kinds of things that EJ suggested, and to be successful at it, and to reap the, 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 the benefit of growth from it, um, CP companies, especially in the food space, have to wrap their heads around how they use personalization and how they and how they and uh, how they do that while they're they're connecting the dots on the path to purchase.
1: Thank you very much. Um, Pietro, I'm looking at your notes. I want to make sure we get a little bit of everybody's in here. Uh, Interesting talking about market globalization process and the effect of the new digital era. And I want to introduce something and then have you talk about it, Pietro. You say cash-strapped gray and green consumers – characterize the developed markets. The consumer in the household is not just the one person anymore. There's mom. She's looking for potentially nutrition and baby care. The elderly are looking for health and convenience. Young people are looking for green products. Pet nutrition is booming. So we have a lot of different elements of wants and needs, going back to to uh, E.J.'s quote from Maslow. What are your thoughts from your perspective on on this evolving market globalization process? Who is the consumer today, and what's the trend? Pietro, you want to start this?
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks, Bonnie. And I think that for a, for a CP company, uh, which is now uh, acting globally and the, the big giant are, uh <laughs> It's complex, it's a complex problem to solve, uh, this one, because to some extent they may, they may think that uh, every market, which for them is every country, will have their own uh, behavior, their own way of interacting, their own type of consumers, and so leave it uh, to something that is uh, very, very local and very, very country market specific. In reality, the pattern that uh, we can see in uh, in, uh, in their consumers are breaking the boundaries of geography. So, uh, if you look at uh, consumers which are uh, uh, buying from consumer goods products uh, in big cities, they may have uh, pretty similar uh, approaches and patterns, whether they are in Singapore, in Tokyo, or they are uh, in, uh, in Shanghai or maybe in Sao Paulo or, or or in Los Angeles. So the entire route to market and route to consumer that needs to be put in place in order to be able to engage digitally with those consumers is not necessarily different among these different uh, models. Similarly for uh, consumers that are sitting in rural areas, whether they buy in, uh, from a changaro shop in in. Uh, in Mexico, or for the Kirana store in India, or from the rural, uh, rural China, they are probably similar in their buying pattern. So the globalization is uh, kind of breaking the boundaries of, uh, of, of geography to me and creating the archetypes of consumer, which by the way they are reached through the route to market, the change they have, the, what they are looking for, uh, may be aggregated and they may be treated uh, through some kind of uh, Pattern that will help consumers do is to improve their products, improve their route to market and also to improve their organisation and supply chain, because these companies are big supply chain which bears a lot of costs, so their ability to be efficient and effective is still really, really relevant for them.
1: Thank you, Pietro. E.J., we are almost out of time, but there's something very important in your notes I want to cover, and I'm just going to ask you to cover off on this on your own before we go to our predictions round. So, E.J., Kenny, I have a double question for you. Number one, CP companies need to monitor and measure their consumer engagements. Why? Because they need to predict consumer demand and optimize the profitable way to respond to this demand. That's part one. Part two is how do they, within the enterprise format of these companies, how do they share this information, these, what we started out saying was these real-time consumer insights from the combination of virtual and physical, digital, all the channels, the omni-channel approach. How do they share this in the organization so that everybody who needs to tap into these touch points has the information? So, E.J., I'm going to ask you to just cover this as best you can in the next three minutes, if you don't mind.
5: Uh, sure thing and um, and there is a great deal of buzz in the industry concerning big data and and While big data touches on some of the elements that you expressed it it, it doesn 't touch on all of them that yes it it's, the whole nature of business planning, forecasting, and supply chain will radically change in a, digit, in a digital consumer products uh, world that um, uh, in terms of real-time response and pretty dynamic consumer uh, buying uh, behavior changes, some of the old approaches simply don't work. Um, Additionally, we're seeing greater capability from a technology perspective in terms of being able to process massive amounts of uh, information, do simulation in real time in order to act smarter and uh, apply algorithms and listening algorithms to make decisions in an automated fashion. So I think that when we when we look overall, the the, the whole business planning uh, to make smarter decisions and to to not only have this this sense of consumer intimacy and understanding your consumers at, at that micro level that um, that uh, Pietro uh, identified, but it's also about the ability to execute in real time, and I'm going to see a greater emphasis, I believe, on. Uh, uh, the platforms that are necessary uh, to, to not only have the data but the algorithms and also the collaboration platforms and business networks required to tie this together because uh, companies really um, uh, cannot continue to invest in individual isolated silos to, to optimize one aspect of this, whether it's understanding consumers or its supply chain management or it's omni-channel commerce because they get inconsistent consumer experiences as well as high cost and low ability to be agile. And I think there's also one other fundamental thing that's underlying this, that largely the industry has, has been taking a one-size-fits-all approach in terms of uh, I'll be a low-cost manufacturer or I'm going to be a, a, a brand builder and large global brands. And uh, as Pietro rightly pointed out, as we look at where growth markets are, uh, companies now need to be able to uh, execute really effectively on multiple axes and multiple strategies and have the agility in their business to be uh, a low-cost manufacturer in one market or in one segment or one product line and also be a, high, uh, a high-touch, a high high-brand, um, high-value uh, manufacturer in another. And, uh, and that's going to require a different approach, I think, to how they apply technology in, in order to get that done. And the good thing is technology has been ahead of the need in this area.
1: You know what, E.J., you just gave me your predictions. I'm going to say thank you because you already started the predictions round because we don't have time to go back and do it all over again. That was great. Dan Berthium at Chain Star age. I'm going to give you 30 seconds, wrap up with your predictions for consumer products, companies, and omnichannel and everything we talked about. Dan, go ahead.
2: I think the continuing evolution of omnichannel technology is going to let more and more CP companies um, essentially function as retailers, um, whether that's mm-hmm. just doing e-commerce only or setting up their own shops or pop-up shops or stores within a store. I think the definition of who's a retailer will continue evolving and expanding um, as direct consumer engagement becomes easier and easier thanks to um, uh, mobile phones and other omnichannel devices.
1: Thank you very much. Very good insights, Jerry Wolf Vivanda. Thoughts on predictions? What do you think, Jerry? Where is Prediction this
2: going? Is, is
3: that the connected consumer is, is not only the key to CP growth; it is literally the key to their their survival as we move forward. CPs are going to need to be thinking in terms of brand as destination. instead of brand as destination. They need to think of as brand as service. They need to be personal, they need to be portable, they need to be useful, and they need to be everywhere that the consumer is and being digital and being tied to the connected consumer is how you get there.
1: Jerry, did they need to focus on all demographics? As we were talking with Pietro about the gray and green, do they need to be focusing on just the, the millennials with a lot of expendable income? Do they need to be focusing on seniors who sometimes have nothing else to do but shop all day? Excuse me, I'm a senior, but that's not what I do. Uh, any particular demographic? Quickly, Jerry.
3: Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, I do. I think, I think where the growth is, is I think mm-hmm. Pietro commented on it, is that we have a lot of developing economies. I think that's one. I think in the developed markets, it's millennial and it's the it's the health conscious consumer, the consumer who's looking for healthy lifestyle. Intensely information intensive and those demographics or, or those uh, those segments are all are all all represent substantial unmet needs and opportunities for growth.
1: Thank you very much. Pietro, I'm gonna give you two sentences for wrap up because we are out of time. Give me your, your predictions, Pietro Pioretti at Accenture. Go ahead. Two sentences.
4: Well, uh, first sentence is uh, five years uh, at speed, it's a long time, and it's a long time for me for uh, a retailer or a consumer goods to fight and decide who's going to win in the value chain. And I think that uh, the digital uh, consumer goods company has uh, much more weapon compared to the past, and the physical store is not going to be any more a barrier to reach the consumer. So in five years from now, the market can be very, very different from the one that we see now.
1: Ah, that's the key. The market will be very different in five years. Thank you. Dan Berthume, Chain Store Age. Appreciate your coming back. Jerry Wolf at Vivanda. Pleasure to meet you. Pietro Peretti at Accenture. Thank you for joining us. EJ Kenny, what can I say? What a great panel, great information and a shout out to Matt Small who at SAP who sponsors the series and Stacey Reese who helped put together this wonderful panel. Shout out to Brad and the Business Channel team. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thanks for joining us. Our topic was consumer industry using real-time consumer insights but we learn so much more signing off and here's my call to action fasten your seatbelt. what are you waiting for go out and shop and be a game changer today signing off for game changers radio bye bye
0: thanks again for tuning in to industry cloud trends with game changers presented by sap the best run business is run sap To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.